Hello everybody, my name is Soul Wisp, and today I am joined by uh, Lotus of Cosmel Creations and this is another tale podcast. How are you doing today, Lotus? I am doing great. How about you? Doing pretty good. It's it's Friday, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> yes, that is. Uh, so if you want to start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are and what it is you do. Perfect. Well, as you guys know, my name is Lotus, and I work with Cosmo Cosplay, which is my quote-unquote freelance name. I'm a fursuit maker, I do obviously cosplay, but I also do a lot of sculpting and digital or traditional arts. Um, I'm 18, and I've been doing, I guess, art quote-unquote professionally for about four years now, so I'm starting to get into the ring of things, and I really enjoy it. But that's about it. <laughs> All right, that's good. And we will definitely uh, dive deeper into some of those topics later on in the podcast. Um, but for now, what uh, what got you into the furry community, and what makes you stay? What what was the big pull? Hmm. See now, I have always loved animals, so I guess in a way, most furries do love animals with anthropomorphic characters and things like that. But I guess I could say I was never a traditional furry in the sense that I wasn't a furry before I started making suits. It was more so I've always loved Halloween and things like that. And one day I was just online and I happened to see a fursuit. And before I knew what a fursuit or a furry even was, I wanted to make them. And so it just kind of started from there. I just started making a suit one day. I just made up a quick character and I got into the fandom through that. And then eventually I made characters like Lotus, which I mostly go by now. And I guess what makes me stay in the fandom is the supportiveness in the community. I really love uh, artistic community in the sense that everyone, almost everyone in the furry fandom is somewhat artistic. Whether it be drawing, singing, music, anything. It's all a bunch of art forms and creative people and that's what really keeps me in the fandom. I think that's what drives me to do my day-to-day -day life. I love art and just being a creative person in general, it really keeps me in the fandom. That's great. That's wonderful to hear. Definitely the uh, furry community thrives on the creativity of themselves and others, you know, artists and their commissioners to keep mm -hmm. them alive and whatnot. Um, so was Lotus your first persona then, or did you have one um, before that? Lotus was not my first persona. My first character was actually named Lux, and I still have the first suit. I can see it up in my workroom, and it's kind of just a reminder of where I started. But I've never really done anything with that character past making that first suit. Um, I don't have any art of that character even. It's just kind of something that I made up with the things that I had around me, whether it be like brown, gray, and white fur. That just happened to be things I could get at my local store. So that character doesn't really speak to me, but I keep it around more so to show where I've started from. But okay. I've had Lotus now. I believe I made her when I was 15, so she's about three, turning four. But she speaks a lot more to me as a person. She's very outgoing and happy and just kind of a smile. And I like to think of myself the same way. I try to be happy and positive about the day and things like that. Yep, that's good. That's definitely good. Um, what made you, what species, well, I know Lotus is a canine, a dog, correct? Mm -hmm. Is it a specific breed? Um, hard to say. I know 
I've never really been breed specific. I personally love Shelties. I've got my Sheltie Cosmel, as you've seen photos of her before. Yeah. But... Oh yeah. Um, I think, see, I usually say Lotus is a wolf because I go by like Lotus Wolf, but I feel like she's more of a dog, if I'm being honest, because she just has a lot of canine characteristics that aren't necessarily wolf specific or any breed specific. Like she has a curly tail. I don't think of myself as a husky, but it just has like a curly tail. So I didn't really put too much thought into it when I was designing her, but yeah, I definitely say canine-esque. Yeah. All right. Doesn't look fierce enough to be a wolf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you have any plans on getting another character after Lotus, or are you pretty set with staying with Lotus? I I already have two characters. I also have Tumult, who I call him like a space dog. I don't really know, to be honest, but he has horns and some long, funky hair, so I don't really know what he is. But I have new plans in the works to create a mouse suit, which I am very excited for. I know I want to limit myself on characters because I'm going to be tempted to get more art, etc. But I really love mice. I have five mice right now and they're like my little babies. So I really think it'd be fun to make a mouse suit for myself and just kind of practice with that and then potentially make more mice in the future or things like that. Okay. Uh, Were you into cosplay before the furry community or was like fursuiting your first step into cosplay? Um, I want to say that fursuiting really was my first step into cosplay because, like I've said before, I've always loved Halloween. My mother really instilled that in me because we would always make our own Halloween costumes and things like that. So I've got a lot of memories of doing that as a child, but I really think fursuiting was my first step into the cosplay community. Okay. Uh, so let's get into your fursuit business, which is now uh, Cosmo Cosplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long have you been making the suits for? I have been making suits for four years now, but I have been selling suits for, this is going to be my third year. Okay. Um, now you do everything from heads, tails, partials, all the way up to full digigrade suits, correct? Yes. I personally have only made one plantigrade suit. But I really personally love Digis. But I feel comfortable really doing everything. Um, I've only really done canines so far. But I'm really excited because my next commission in queue is going to be a raptor. And I know I'm potentially going to be making a dragon with my next queue coming in. So very excited to be spreading that. But yes, I make everything for the suit. And I even do special parts like some electrical bits. I know my character Tumult has LEDs in his horns so they glow in the dark and then he has LEDs down his spine so I'm starting to ingrade more cosplay things into fursuits but I just kind of go wild with it if a commissioner generally wants something I'm willing to try and go from there okay that's great to hear definitely nice to hear you're willing to experiment and learn along the way Mm -hmm. uh do you prefer hand sewing or machine sewing I 100% prefer machine sewing. I personally never really hand sewed before. So starting with a machine has really just kind of kept me with a machine. It's generally faster in my opinion, again, because I'm not very experienced with hand sewing. But I can hand sew well enough to do some parts of a suit. Like I know, for example, um, the neck of a suit. That part I hand sew on once everything is glued on the head base. So... 
I do both. I do hand sew and I do machine sew, but definitely machine sewing is better for me. Okay. Now, is there any, like, uh, durability difference between the two? I know some people say hand sewing might be stronger than machine sometimes. Mm. Is there... Um, I guess the thing that would vary the most, in my opinion at least, is one, the thread. Mm-hmm. Because you can be an excellent hand seamstress or machine, and if you use a cheap thread or a weak thread, either way, that seam can be faulty, etc. But in my own experience, I find machines to be more effective than hand sewing. But I guess, again, it does vary on the person. Okay. But for me, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> go me, ahead machine sewing i like that more because i have a serger as well and a serger is very similar to a sewing machine but a serger does finishing seams and so what that does it's a my serger at least is a four thread machine and so that really adds durability to a suit versus just hand stitching or just a single stitch on a machine okay all right um i would imagine it probably also depends on what type of stitch you're using i know there's yes it seems like hundreds of different stitches that you can yes do. and there's so many and i think really like with hand stitching there's in my opinion at least less options but with a machine if you really research into your machine you can find what's a stronger stitch and things like that to really put more life into your suit yep now, I have heard that you want to use a thread that's actually weaker than the backing of the fur. Oh. I, had, um, I have talked to makers before. They say they do that so that way if the seam rips, it will rip the thread, mm-hmm. not the fur itself. That is something very good to think about. Um, I personally haven't had much experience with tears to begin with. Okay. But... Overall, I use Gooderman thread because for me that's pretty sturdy, but I also know going on that of wanting to rip the seam and not the fur, the thread is very strong, but it is weaker than the fur backing. So I okay. guess I've been following that rule without kind of thinking about it. Yep. All right. Yeah, I I would imagine that. I mean, you tug on the fur and it doesn't show any signs yes. of ripping, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you set your fursuit prices? What? And have you adjusted them over time? Like, as you've gotten more experience, have you increased the price? Yes. And I know a lot of people ask me, like, beginning makers, or not necessarily beginning makers, but just people who are interested in making suits. And my big thing, I recently just did a Sew You're a Small Suit Maker panel at Anthrocon, and my biggest tip on that was... um, For setting a price, you want to go with a good, like, cost estimator. And what I mean by that is you want to put in the price of the material that you're working with. So if you're working with a suit that has more expensive fur versus cheaper fur, cheaper fur, you'll generally charge less. But if it's high-end fabrics or things like that, it's going to add more to the cost. Um, And of course, your time that goes into it. And I always personally work a little bit above minimum wage because as an artist, you don't want to sell yourself short. Um, but I've noticed my prices started off fairly low and looking back on it, I would never charge the same amount then as I did now. But again, once you're starting and you're learning, things change over time. But just recently I upped my prices, not a huge amount, but about a hundred dollars on everything just because my skills are getting better. And when you're paying for a suit, you're not just paying for the person's current skill level. You're paying for all of the knowledge that they've accumulated over the time that they've been making suits. So it's almost like 
if you're paying an animator, you're not just going to be paying for the current skill level of animation that they'll be making. You're also paying for their schooling and things like that. Yep. Um, it's not just uh, where they are now. It's kind of where they've been. Exactly. Um, uh, do you have an end goal? Like, I know I talked to you in the past and you said that you would love to be, your career would be, uh, like a freelance maker and artist. Is that still your end goal? Yes, it is. Um, I'm super lucky because I will be attending Arizona State University this coming August, and I will be receiving a business administration degree, which I'm super excited about. But my main part of that is getting more knowledge for myself as a businesswoman so that I can freelance in the future. Um, I don't think I would necessarily like to, to take commissions forever, but I know I would love to dabble with partials and things like that. But I really think my end goal would be to be able to sustain myself as an artist, whether that be for me selling books on how to do things or commissions and things like that. But I really like to look at not necessarily furry artists, but other cosplayers and things like that. And I really aspire to be more of a all-around artistic business person, if I can put it that way, because I would love to be able to sustain myself on my art. That really is my end goal. Okay. Um, I'm just interested here. Have you gone through, like, the, not, not yeah, I guess legal steps of trademarking and copywriting like Cosmo cosplay and tax forums and all that stuff or is it more like a just a sole business owner kind of thing right Mm -hmm. now that's a very good question um I've actually recently been talking with a tax advisor and so I'm in the process of copywriting the name and everything like that because legal business is very important and I know with other jobs that I've worked in the past obviously filing taxes things like that But now that I'm really doing art full-time, it's always good to protect yourself business-wise, whether that be through LLCs or NDA disclosures, things like that, to protect yourself and your business. Because ideally, you'd hope to become a business someday and not just a singular artist, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely understand that. Uh, In the future, do you have any plans on, like, getting a business partner or having, like, one or two people underneath you to help you out or is this like a you thing that's a great question i know i'm very lucky because my current partner travis he helps me a ton whether it be cutting patterns things like that so in the future i could definitely see myself needing a business partner in the aspect of them working underneath me not so much co-owning but i think having a helper in the future would definitely benefit me as a business okay um now do you have like a home office a home workshop area yes i do um as i'm still 18 and going to college i still live with my mother which i'm grateful that she lets me live here but i'm lucky enough to have a spare bedroom that i do all of my creative stuff in so i moved in here not that long ago so i've had a workspace for i'd say two months now but it's definitely a huge step up than just working out of my bedroom. But having a workspace is very important to me because art is very like messy. It's kind of a creative mess, if you will. But it's nice to be able to kind of leave it a mess and kind of close the door for the day and be done with work. And then the next day go back in versus having it in my bedroom. It was very hard to live in the same space as you work. 
Right. Uh, the, my parents used to own a business and that was kind of their thing is like, if you work from home, you never leave work. Yep. So. And I think that's what I really wanted to be able to separate home from work as in if I close the door for the day, I'm off work and I can kind of relax in my own space versus having the art be my own space. Cause it's very hard to live in your office sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any uh, fursuit care tips or any tips for new makers that might be interested in learning? Yes. Um, for care tips, I know on my website, which is Cosmel Cosplay, so C-O-S-M-E-L-L cosplay.com, I actually have a fursuit care guide. It's very outdated, as in the photos are old, but the information is still relevant. It's mainly going over how to wash your suit. But in my personal opinion, if you're going to own a suit, whether it be from a very well-known maker or a beginning artist, I always say if you're going to own a suit, it's a long-term investment. And what I mean by that is you should take a basic sewing class, kind of know how to do that simple stitch. Because as perfect as some suit makers may be, there's always that one pop seam, things like that, accidents happen. And you always want to be able to take care of the suit. So I highly recommend knowing some basic stitches. I always take a little sewing kit with me to cons and things like that. But then if you're a starting maker, I know I get this question a lot in DMs and things like that. And my highest thing is if you're just starting out, go cheap. I mean, it sounds kind of silly. And what I mean by that is don't buy like $2 fabric, things like that. But at the same time, it's okay to start off with like lower quality furs or things like that. Because the more you practice, the better you become. And no one starts off perfect their first time. And that's perfectly fine. Like no one is expected to be perfect their first time. But the biggest thing for me is don't break the bank on that first build because you may love it, which would be amazing. But I know for me, at least at the time I loved it, but looking back on it, I'm very happy that I didn't spend a whole lot on it because it would have been money wasted in the long run. So I always say, take your time, do tons of research. There's so many YouTube videos, books, so many things out there that you can read and educate yourself. And then just kind of start small. Don't go and spend $300 on materials for your first build and things like that. Okay, that's definitely great advice for a lot of people. Uh, so super random question here for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of makers are like their own worst critic and they yes. don't like their work. So they'll often commission their own suit uh, from somebody else. Do you have any oh. plans on doing that? Like, um, hmm. See, hard to say because I am my worst critic as in like for commissions but for myself I will say that like on a personal suit I have cut corners because I know oh it's for me if a seam pops I can fix it real quick things like that um I know like Lotus's bodysuit as pretty as it is I love it I haven't surged the bodysuit so what I mean by that is I haven't gone over it again with my serger so if you look at the inside of Lotus it'll look completely different than a commissioner's suit but as in commissioning another person, hmm, I think it's very hard for me to say that I would want to because I am very much so a perfectionist as in I, for example, I want tattoos, but I'm waiting till I find that perfect person because 
if I see something wrong, whether it's in my own works or someone else's works, and it's on my body or a large investment like a suit, that'll kind of bug me. But um, I know I would love to have a suit made by Multicolor Bark because they've been my dream suits for forever, but... I don't have any intention to commission anyone anytime soon, but if the chance arose, I may think about it. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, So jumping to the next topic, you had mentioned earlier that you hosted some panels at cons. Yes. Uh, What panels have you hosted and what cons were they at? Okay. So I've hosted four panels now. Uh, My very first panel was at MFF 2018. And I hosted the Instagram meetup, so that's not really a panel, but for me it was still super exciting to be able to stand up there with a microphone, and you kind of get nervous, but it's in the fun of it. And then this year I've hosted three panels so far. I've hosted a Costume Design 101 panel at Motor City for Con in Michigan, which I had so much fun at that. That was my first educational panel, but I had a great time. And then just last weekend, I hosted two panels at Anthrocon. I hosted a panel called So You're a, Sol- so You're a Small Suit Maker. Sorry, it's kind of like a tongue twister there, but that's basically like a small business class is what I did. And I went over things like social media, marketing, terms of service, things like that. And then I also hosted Costume Design for Beginners, which is very similar to my Costume Design 101 class that I hosted at Motor City for Con. So I've done two of the same panel, as in the costume design ones, which I have so much fun doing those because it's always a learning experience for me, too. People always tell me things that they've done different, and I think it's just a great process for everyone involved. Okay, that's great. Um, So I actually have a question about social media. How do you manage so many accounts? Because I'm sure you have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, like... Probably all of them. How I it have seems watched. so overwhelming. And it really is. And the biggest thing, like thinking about what I said during that panel, which speaking of that panel, I will have that up on my YouTube soon, which my YouTube is Cosmo Cosplay as well. All my social media is Cosmo Cosplay. Um, but I guess the biggest thing that I can say is really you have to dedicate time, whether you're a freelance artist, anything, whether, for example, your podcast, it's things like that. You really just have to be able to dedicate the time because what I think a lot of people don't realize is social media takes a lot of effort. It's not something that happens overnight. No one becomes famous overnight, things like that. So the way that I find it best is I've read things online that say, like the best algorithm for Twitter, for example, is to post around seven times a day. And so whether I post a commission photo, things like that, I'm always trying to just put something out there for Twitter. And then Instagram, I'm very happy because Instagram and Facebook are linked and I have my accounts linked. So when I post something to Instagram, it also posts to my business on Facebook. So I find that's really easy because I don't manage Facebook as heavily as I do Instagram because it's kind of posted through Instagram, if that makes sense. Yep. But I find... Every day, I generally, around like 3 to 4 p.m., I try to just sit down and post and just get that out of the way because a lot of people out there actually have social media-based jobs. And social media, in a way, is all about advertising and connecting with people. 
one of my biggest tips is if someone comments on your post, comment back. Get to know that person a little bit. You don't have to become best friends, but it's a good way to interact with your followers because then those followers are generally more likely to come back in the future. So it's really just making those relationships that go a long way. I know I've met a lot of friends off social media, which is always amazing to get to know people and then to meet them in real life. But social media just really is the key turning point in a small business. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like people that comment and you comment back, it it would create that connection and kind of Mm-hmm. help spread word of mouth like oh hey they answered back to me and like yeah they acknowledge people and i know too for example with instagram it's so silly but there's algorithms and i know no one knows the perfect way to the algorithm but you can read things and you see like some people say oh if my post gets more comments it generally gets more likes and i found things like that to be similar so in a way you're not just building a relationship with someone if they continually comment on your posts you're also gaining more um i just forgot the word for it i'm so sorry you're gaining more kind of views in a sense because then instagram is going to push your post more because it's getting more interactions that's what i was looking for Mm -hmm. but things like that so really just that one little comment can go far not just meeting a singular person but also potentially pushing to other people yep so how do you handle all of the hashtags like do you just have like a text file that you copy paste from every time you post You are completely right. I actually have a little, like, tab in my notes folder that some are fursuit related, some are cosplay related, just really anything. If it has a certain theme, I generally have a certain set of hashtags for it. Okay. I know I usually just copy-paste it over, and it makes my life so much easier. All right. Now, do you use similar hashtags? Like, do you have one for four... If I could speak furry and then furries <laughs> and like fursuiter and fursuiting. Like, are there a lot of repetitive sounding ones? Mm. Um, personally, I tend not to do the repetitive ones just because generally if someone is looking up furry, they'll maybe type in furries too. So I tend to, I tend to stay with the bigger name hashtags, if that makes sense. Like, for example, if you give me one second, I can actually look in my notes here and read off. Okay. So, for example, for all my fursuit-related posts, I have fursuit, fursuit maker, fursuits, furry art, furry, costume, and then Cosmo cosplay. And I find it really important to tag myself because that can always link someone back to my posts and things like that. Okay. I never thought about that, tagging yourself. Mm-hmm. Um... So, back to the panels and conventions. Uh, do you have future plans to do more panels? Um, yes. I am actually planning to take my Costume Design 101 panel to MFF this year. I know their application process is starting soon for panels, so I'm very excited about that. But I don't have very many different types of panels necessarily planned yet, but I would love to get into them. I know I personally love hosting panels. It's always fun just kind of talking to a group of people and to get to know them and things like that but like i said i don't have any necessarily like hard plans yet but i would love to host more in the future Mm -hmm. yeah boy mff is uh (laughs) everybody's getting a bit anxious on them right now yep (laughs) kind of dropping the ball um so what is it that made you want to host the panels 
Um, I guess kind of going back to social media, hosting panels is a great way to get to know new people, so new connections, and new potential commissioners and things like that. And I guess I can say that even though sometimes I do get nervous hosting the panels, etc., I've always kind of been a people person. And what I mean by that is I love talking to people and kind of getting to know people and having that connection with another person. So I think it's always kind of been something fun for me, and I love to share my knowledge with others because knowledge never comes easy, and it's so much easier to have someone there, like, explaining things to you. And I've had people ask questions or come up after panels, and I think it's really rewarding for me as a person to get to help someone. Okay. Um, I should have asked this question, you know, a few topics ago, but how did you... um? <laughs> How did you learn the fursuit trade? Did, was it just YouTube and looking it up on the internet? Um, or did you, did you have a knowledge of sewing before that? I did not have any knowledge of sewing before that. Actually, my step-grandmother got me my first sewing machine, and so I really started with her. But I want to say that I, I looked up some YouTube videos, but not a whole ton. I know I looked on Pinterest for some simple things. Sorry if you hear Cosmel, she's excited to be fed after the podcast, but <laughs> um, I know, I guess YouTube I have looked at a little bit, but a lot of the things that I always tell other people to do and that I have personally practiced is just trial and error. If I think something might work, why not test it out, see how it goes, and kind of learn from that. So I like to think that a lot of my knowledge comes from myself through trial and error, but I know I have relied on things like Pinterest or YouTube for some simple fixes and simple ideas and things like that. Okay. Um, that may be a good idea for a panel sometime in the future, too, is like a sewing 101, kind of. Yes, that would be a great idea. Um, so do you have... I guess you've kind of done, like, at least the big two conventions. Do you have plans on doing, like, I know BLFC is getting pretty big. Um, yes. There's a couple others. Do you have plans on expanding outside of Anthrocon, MFF, and Motor City? Yes. I would love to start getting to some of the bigger conventions, whether they be furry or anime slash cosplay. I know next year I am planning at the moment to go to Katsukon, which... Uh, it's on the East Coast. Could not remember the state for the life of me, but I'm excited to start branching out with that. I know I've started to do more cosplay, so I figure why not go to more cosplay conventions. But I'm very excited to start potentially selling merchandise at panels, whether it be through Dealer's Den or Artist Alley. So I know once I start doing that, I'll definitely attend more panels, whether they're bigger or smaller, just to kind of go as like a business weekend not necessarily like a have fun weekend but i'm excited to kind of start branching out more okay so eventually you would like to have a table in the dealer's den and kind of yes. sell sell your work okay mm -hmm. um does that become a thing where you know pleasure starts becoming business and you might not have enjoy it as much as you used to do you think or would you would not hmm. change much um, I definitely think there has been a slight change, as in, for example, I love editing my YouTube videos and things like that. Like, that's very, like, relaxing for me to do. But I do find that deadlines and things like that can make things more stressful and put on more pressure than just a leisure project. But 
I never think it'll really stop being enjoyable. I might say, oh, I really don't want to work on this today. But once I get into it, I really do enjoy sewing and things like that. And there's just so many different steps into fursuit making that it's almost never the same thing every day. So I think that's kind of what keeps it fresh and exciting for me. Okay. Uh, what is the process for hosting a panel? Like, what's the application process and, like, the room setup, room teardown? Mm-hmm. Like, if you wouldn't mind walking us through that. Yeah, of course. I know, let me think. For example, for Anthrocon, they had a little Google form that I went through, and it kind of asks you, what's your panel about? What is your experience? Um, how many people do you think will attend? What kind of room setup do you want? So a lot of times cons will preemptively ask you, A, how many people, B, what setup you want. So things like that are kind of easy to just knock off the list before you even get there. Um, But I know sometimes I have had to move chairs around and things like that. And I think my biggest thing is just always be prepared and be there in a timely manner. Get there 15 minutes early, things like that. Because even though I've only done four panels, I've had problems with monitors and things like that because I generally work off PowerPoints. But always just be there early so you can kind of get ahead of the game. Um, Teardown-wise, I know at my Instagram panel at MFF, I almost said MCFC, MFF last year, I had to clean up afterwards because there were like some balloons or things like that, but... Generally, just be a respective person. If your panel makes a mess, kind of pick it up for the next panel to come in and things like that. Okay. Um, and do you have anything else to add as far as the panel topics go? Because that's that's all I got there, hmm. I guess. I don't really think so. I guess okay. my biggest thing is if you want to host a panel, just do it. Whether it's a huge convention, a teeny one... Either way, just kind of do it and get out there. I know I've always wanted to participate in dance competitions, and I've always been extremely nervous, so I can imagine some people may be the same way with panel presenting and things like that. And I guess to get out of my own fear of dancing, I signed up for the MCFC dance competition, and even though I didn't place at all, I had a wonderful time. It's a great experience, and I guess the thing is, is people really do learn from experience. If you have a little bit of stage fright, just kind of get up there and talk to people. Crowds are generally nice, and they want to be there for a good time, so they're not going to boo you or things like that. So I guess the biggest thing is if you're nervous, just kind of do it and have fun with it. Did you try out for the Anthrocon dance comp, or was MCFC the only one? MCFC was the only one, just because my um, Anthrocon schedule was so busy that I wouldn't have had time to dance and I guess with a big crowd even though I did do it once at MCFC I would have been extremely nervous again and I definitely need more practice with dancing but I plan to participate in next year's MCFC dance competition okay that's good I'm I'm sure a lot of us look forward to it I know I yes know I do <laughs> uh so then on to the cosplay portion um yes. so do you do What's the difference between cosplay and fursuiting? Um, I guess the biggest thing in my mind is cosplay is you're dressing up as a character that has already been created by someone else. But then fursuiting is you're either commissioning or building a costume that is a character you have made. So, for example, I have cosplayed Warwick from League of Legends. Even though he is technically a fursuit because it's a werewolf. Um, 
Um, I think of him as 100% cosplay because I did not create the character. Okay, so kind of something already exists versus something that you made yourself. Yes. Okay. Um, do you have a preference on like the kind of genre or topic that you cosplay? You know, whether it be video game, animes, or movies. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um, personally, I I'm not very much into anime. As in, I just haven't really had the time to sit down and watch anything. I'm sure I would love it if I could spend time to get into it. But personally, video games has been the main drive for me because I have already cosplayed Warwick from League of Legends. I actually cosplayed him twice because I made his suit, I guess you could say, the first time. I wasn't very happy with it. And so a year later, I remade him, which very happy with the current version. But I actually have Mercy from Overwatch in her devil skin right now, which is in the works. And I plan to have that ready for Yumacon, which is another convention in Detroit, but it's an anime convention. Yep. Yeah, well, that one's like half a furry convention now, too. They got. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, the materials that you use for cosplay, are they much different than the ones you use for uh, fursuit making? Um, I want to say yes, just because I guess in a few ways you could say fursuiting and cosplaying are kind of two different mediums. As in, fursuiting is generally like fur, minky fabric slash fleece, and then foam. Like, that's generally, like, fursuit materials, but then cosplay can range from mold making, so resins and silicones, to all different kinds of fabrics, 3D printed items, clay, things like that. Things that generally aren't fursuit-ish. Okay. Uh, I know I've seen you work with 3D prints before. Do you have a 3D printer, or do you uh, have, like, a friend that prints things for you? I have my own printer. I actually got an Annette A8, so A-N-E-T-A-8, but I built it myself because I was just starting out, and I know my biggest thing is practice what you preach, so if I say generally start with cheaper end things, that's what I'm going to do. So I got this cheap, it's like a $180 printer. It's not that great, if I'm being honest, but again, it's a starter printer. I love it. I'm kind of still learning about 3d printing things so i didn't want to dump a lot of money into it if i disliked it or things like that but yes i 3d print all of my own pieces and i know in the future i'm looking at investing in a larger machine and kind of go through there (laughs) okay uh do you have a preference on what type of material you work with i know a lot of people seem to be kind of replacing resin with 3d prints now is that Mm. are you doing kind of the same thing Um, I'm not, because what I've done for some things is I may 3D print something and then actually cast it in silicone and then make a resin cast out of that, if that makes sense. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Yep, so I do revert back to resin because, for example, if you're cast, or not casting, but printing a fursuit head base, that's going to be around a 16 to 24 hour print and things like that. So that's a lot of time and a lot of filament versus maybe 3D printing a fursuit head once and then casting that out of silicone and making a mold. And then the resin generally cures faster, is cheaper, less time-consuming, things like that. So Mm -hmm. 100% 3D print if that's your hobby, but maybe look at easier ways to reproduce items versus having to 3D print something each time you want it. Okay. Um, Now, have you made clay molds and then cast those clay molds as well? Yes. Okay. 
I know I love sculpting with clay. So that was my first type of molds is I know, for example, I've sculpted fursuit noses and then I've done eyes and teeth and things like that. So I really do enjoy sculpting with clay because for me, I've always been a very 3D person. So it's kind of fun to get your hands dirty and kind of play with the clay and see what you create. But I just I enjoy that whole process. So I definitely prefer excuse me, working with clay versus 3D printing. Okay. Uh, now, is there much of a market for making cosplay for somebody else? Like, there's making a fursuit for somebody else? Or is hmm. cosplaying kind of something you do only for yourself? I want to say I don't have a ton of personal experience. I've never sold, or rather been commissioned for a cosplay, or cosplay costume. But I think the main reason I haven't been is because, A, I haven't really offered it, and B, I don't have a ton of cosplay practice. But I do see a lot of people in the cosplay community commission others, whether it be for props or maybe a dress, things like that. Um, I see a lot of things on Etsy, whether it be 3D printed models. I guess a good example is my Mercy from Overwatch, the model for her gun, her, I guess you could say horn slash crown, whatever that is, um, and her wings. Those are all 3D like files that I purchased from someone else. And so I guess there is actually a decent market in it, whether it be for things to help others create costumes or pre-made costumes. Okay. Uh, have you designed 3D models yourself or do you typically buy them? Um, I have played around with some models, but again, I just kind of haven't had the time to sit down and learn it myself. Um, I, I'm trying to think. There's, there's a website out there. I cannot think of the name of it. I should have written it down, but... Oh, jeez. It's going to bug me now. But there's one website out there that you can get a ton of 3D files from for free. Oh, probably Thingiverse is what you're thinking. Thingiverse. Yep. Yes, that's it. Thank you so much. But things like that, I I know on there there's a lot of like copyrights and things like that. So that's not things that you can print and sell. But that's a lot of things, like, for example, there's one print on there, it's called, like, Flexi Raptor, and it's literally just this little raptor, it's a one-print piece, and then when you break it off the hotbed, it's just a little flexible raptor. So things like that I've printed for fun, but I've only really bought three different files for myself to use. Okay. Uh, have you messed around with the different uh, filaments that you can use, or do you primarily use PLA? I primarily work with PLA just because kind of the thinking of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yep. <laughs> so I, again, don't have a super ton of time to get into 3D printing yet. So as long as I've mastered PLA, I'm happy with that. And until there's a need to further my knowledge, I'm just going to kind of stick with this for the time being. Okay. Um, now, is there much of a difference between how you act while in fursuit and how you act while in a cosplay that's a great question um personally no i don't think so for me because i'm generally like i said before a very bubbly person i like talking to people so in suit i will talk to you like i'm not a silent suitor personally just because as much as i love lotus she's not perfect i'm not perfect i like talking in suit so i'm generally going to kind of do it sort of thing um but in cosplay Generally, if it's a face open cosplay, as in people can see my face, I'm going to talk. But me, myself, knowing that I talk in suit, if it's a cosplay that covers my face, I'm generally going to talk in that too. Okay. So I, I'd like to say I act the same. Yeah. All right. Uh, have you ever thought of doing moving jaws for the fursuit heads at all? 
Yes. Um, actually, my Warwick from League of Legends cosplay, which if you're interested at all on that, people that are listening, um, on my website, which again is cosmelcosplay.com, so C-O-S-M-E-L-L cosplay, I actually have a tab on there under cosplay that if you click on Warwick's little photo, it goes more in depth on that costume, but he does have a moving jaw, which I love. I personally wouldn't do it in a like everyday fursuit, if you put it that way, because um, generally moving jaw equates to resin head. And for me, I just like foam heads more. I can kind of mess around with it more. I'm not as delicate with it as I would be a resin head. And then for me, a foam head is generally, again, easier to wear and just kind of more durable. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, and there's definitely a lot of issues that come with resin. You know, it it's a lot yeah. heavier. Um, mm-hmm. I found out the hard way it does not work with bald people. Oh, that's very interesting. Um, See now, have you had like explain your issues with that? Uh, it the best way to explain it is it moves around on your head too much. There's nothing mm-hmm. for like the resin, or if you line it with foam, there's nothing for it to like hold on to. So it will just sit there and slide around all over your head okay see now my recommendation whenever i suit like whatever it is i always wear a balaclava so i'm curious if that would help you at all or maybe you've tried that i did have a balaclava oh that's very interesting i did not think about that yeah i didn't either i think it's just the added weight because i have a foam head and it doesn't that one works fine and i i wonder also if I, of course, don't know the makings of the suit and things like that, but I wonder if it might also be, like, the fit on your head. Like, are there elastic straps at all, or do you just kind of put it on? Um, when, well, it was actually Resi and I that had made it. Um, okay. I, I had bought a resin blank from Stuffed mm-hmm. Panda Studios, and we had lined it with foam so it fit my head, and then we put uh, two straps on the back of it to hold it onto my head. Okay, um, I guess because you can wear a resin head and literally, like, it'll just kind of, like, not literally suction, but the resin will only be touching your face is, for example, like, what my resin heads are like because I have a strap. Like, if you put your hand on the top of your head, it goes down to about, I'd say, halfway from the top of your head down to the back of your head or, I guess, base of your neck. And then two straps that go, I guess you could say, from, like, ear to the, again, back of your head. But... I don't know. That's a very, like, interesting thing, because I have never thought about that, about how it would fit on people's heads differently with hair or not. Yeah, like, I I had people similar head size that just had mm-hmm. hair and tried on, and it wouldn't move an inch on their head. But That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to you, though. <laughs> um... Let's see, I lost where I was. Do you have any uh, tips for people that are cosplaying and or fursuiting at all? Like, is... is mm. Okay, I guess before that, back up a little bit. Is outside of the Warwick costume, which is a werewolf, mm-hmm. so it would be similar. Um, yep. Is heat as much of an issue while cosplaying? No. Okay. Especially because if it's an open face cosplay, I can breathe so much easier and really, like... Heat regulation, of course, goes through your body, but your head is the main part. So if your head is in the open air, generally things will be so much easier for you. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you ever get tired of carrying the props around, like, at all? 
Um, yes, just because generally your hands will be like in the same position for long times and things like that. But I guess you could say the more you wear a certain costume, you kind of build up that like muscle memory. Like, for example, when I fursuit, I always kind of keep my arms bent and like hands kind of like out by my chest, I guess. So they're almost in more of like a playful manner than just kind of keeping them at my side. And I guess for some people, their arms make it tired of being in that position for a long time. But for me, because I've done it so much, it's kind of more comfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. It seems to be the default furry position. It really does. <laughs> um. So then back to my other question. What are... Uh, that I forgot already, but I'll try to remember it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are kind of the differences between... Uh, wearing a cosplay and wearing a fursuit. Like, is... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of how I worded it last time before I got distracted. I I know what you're saying. I I can't remember the original wording either, but I guess the biggest, like, thing that would change, again, heat, but we already kind of went over that. Um, Excuse me. I guess you can wear a cosplay generally longer. Or I guess that would highly depend, too. If you're wearing a costume with a lot of heavy armor, it might be harder to wear than a fursuit. I know for me personally, wearing a fursuit is much more comfortable because if I want to flop on the ground, I can flop on the ground kind of thing. But if I'm wearing Mm -hmm. a costume, things might be made of resin or foam, things like that, things that can't bend. So I guess for me, fursuiting is more of like, quote unquote, like, leisure cosplay because i can kind of just like flop around and i don't have to worry about people bumping into me or things like that but when i'm wearing certain costumes for example warwick from league of legends he has these almost like green spiny things coming out of his back and i know i've had people run straight through my back and almost knock those pieces off so and another thing with that costume is I can't sit down in chairs, so I can't suit in Warwick as long as I could in Lotus because of those differences. Okay. I, I guess that's something to think about, too, is how does it impede your movement? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you had mentioned doing dance competitions. Uh, are Is that a thing in cosplay as well? Do, like... Uh, do they have panels um, and whatnot like that? Uh, I want to say yes, because, for example, I haven't been a ton, I haven't been to a ton of, like, anime conventions or cosplay conventions, but, for example, I guess it's not necessarily a dance competition, but at Yumicon, when you're doing the cosplay contest, there's an option to do a skit, which I've seen people dance in that, so it's not necessarily, like, a dance competition, but it's part of the costume competition, so it kind of is, but, Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have any tips? I think this was my other question. Do you have any tips for anybody fursuiting or doing cosplay? Like any do's and don'ts, sort of? Um, I guess just my biggest general tips is always take care of yourself. A happy person is going to be a happy fursuiter or a happy cosplayer. And happy and healthy really go hand in hand. Because always, it's always a joke, make sure you're showering at the Furcon, but yep. that's oh, a man. very big thing. <laughs> but people may not realize, or things like that, make sure you're taking your vitamins. I know I'm a vegetarian, so I get anemic a lot easier than other people may, so a big thing for me is, okay, it's a week before the convention, I gotta make sure to take my iron pills more than I generally would, just to kind of boost my immune system in that effect. 
Um, so I guess just really make sure you're healthy because that'll make you a more happy fursuiter, cosplayer, etc. Whether that be you're making a suit and you need to take a day off because you're sick, things like that. It's just always put yourself and your health first. Okay. Uh, definitely some words of wisdom there. Mm-hmm. I remembered a question that I had a while ago. Okay. For cosplay, do you get into the whole, uh, like, face painting and makeup and all of that stuff as well? Um, I personally have not cosplayed a character that would require me to do sort of, like, face paint or things like that. But I know the more I've gotten into cosplay, the more I've gotten into makeup. Because no one in real life is perfect. But, of course, all these, like, characters in video games, things like that, they always look fabulous and stuff. So... I guess makeup, it's not an important part for cosplay, but for me, I like to be accurate to a character. So whether that be contouring my face to look slightly different, maybe higher cheekbones, things like that. I guess for me, it's important on the aspect of I just want to be happy with myself. But again, that in no way means that if you're cosplaying a certain character, you have to put on makeup, things like that. Cosplay is all about fun. I mean, it is costume play, so be happy about it and things like that. So I guess... If you're doing a costume and you don't want to do the face paint or things like that for your own reasons, then don't. But I personally have gotten more into makeup because of cosplay. Okay. Uh, Which takes longer to put on and get ready for, cosplay or fursuit? Cosplay by far. Because for me, fursuiting, I kind of put on my fursuit clothes and kind of jump into suit maybe in five, ten minutes. But... For certain costumes, there's a lot of different straps and buckles, and again, it's more delicate, so you have to be slower and things like that. So definitely cosplay takes longer for me to get into. Okay. Now, do you have, like, um, a cosplay handler of sorts, like there's a fursuit handler? Um, yes, just because generally the costumes that I have done so far have big armor pieces or things that are damageable so i know i'm so lucky because my boyfriend travis loves to go to conventions too so he's always kind of been my default handler but um some cosplays i'd say wouldn't require someone else but it's always kind of more fun to go with someone else too whether they're in another cosplay or they're not either way it's just more fun with more friends yep um and then on the flip side how how should people approach somebody in fursuit or in cosplay? Um, I guess there'd be some slight differences. I guess for both of them, make sure they see you and make sure the person realizes that you're talking to them. Um, always be friendly. Um, I guess really just basics of being a kind person, go into play, never yell, don't do things like that. Just if you come off as a nice person, generally other people will react the same way. Um, I guess a big thing is keep your hands to yourself. I know a lot of people think that, oh, it's a big fuzzy dog, I'm going to touch it on the shoulder, or things like that. Like, no thank you, I'm still me inside, I wouldn't touch some stranger on the shoulder, and I don't want the same thing. And I guess whether it be etiquette for photos, etc. I know I was so happy because at Anthrocon, during the Bucket Brigade, which I did this year, um, I had a man ask for a photo, and it was so sweet of him because... He was standing there ready to get this photo taken with me, and he looks at me and says, is it okay if I put my arm on your shoulder? And I thought that was so sweet, because I've never really had people ask that before, even though that should be a general thing, like, consent is key, kind of. Be nice to people, consent, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
do you prefer people ask to take a photo of you or like if they see you walking by is it okay for them just to snap a quick photo or what Um, what's proper etiquette for that for me personally i'd say if i'm not busy or if you can get my attention ask for a photo generally you'll get a better better photo that way i'll be able Mm -hmm. to pose things like that um i say for fursuiting in my opinion at least it's more okay to take a photo of a fursuiter if they're kind of walking by but overall i'd say generally ask and the reason real quick let me backtrack why i'd say it's more okay to take a photo of a fursuiter is because with cosplay if you can see a person's face i think it would be kind of extremely rude just to kind of snap a person's photo and not ask but if it's a fursuit it's not necessarily a person's face it's it's kind of a gray area but i say just ask generally people are happy to take photos and things like that mm-hmm. all right um i think that's all i've got unless you have anything you want to add um i think we handled about everything which was great yep. um if you don't mind, I'll do my little social media plug. <laughs> no problem. And uh, if you want, you can send me any links you want, any social media, and I can put them in the show notes when I post it. Oh, perfect. I'll send those to you afterward. Okay. But I guess my biggest thing is I'm Cosmel Cosplay on every social media. So if it's a social media that I have, I'm Cosmel Cosplay on it. So that's the easiest way you can find me. And then, like I've said twice now, my website is CosmelCosplay.com. All right, and thank you for showing up. I was your host, Soul Wisp, on Another Tale podcast, and it was great talking with you. It was great to talk to you, too. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And everybody that's listening, thank you for joining us, and you guys have a good day.